Hello, this is Deb, host of Deb's Data Dojo, part of the Calling All Beings podcast network. Today, I'm talking to Geraldine Orozco, who is the founder of the Bay Area Meditation and Higher Healing. She has been in Extraordinary The Seating and spoken on multiple podcast interviews and has been a part of a lot of conferences. She has been publicly sharing her experiences with the Alien Hybrid Program and abduction. She is also um, a host of her own YouTube channel covering a wide range of topics including DNA, reprogramming, quantum energies, meditation, wellness, and healing. Welcome. Thank you so much, Deb. It's such an honor to be here and thank you for inviting me to be on your show. I'm very, very happy to get to talk to you. I'm actually more excited because when I first knew about you, it was because I watched the the seating right but then i saw you on priscilla's show and you have so much more going on (laughs) so so i have a feeling we're going to have a lot to talk about yeah so the the first thing you know that kind of really kind of drove me to want to talk to you though was um obviously a lot of people are interested in the hybrid program and since some people may not have seen that documentary or may not be kind of paying attention to that aspect. I was wondering if you could explain a little bit about what you were presenting to people on that. On the, in the film. Yes. Or, Mm -hmm. or just since then and in talking about the the hybrid program. Thanks. Sure. So this is a a deep topic that we can really jump into Um, with many layers. It's a complex topic. I was uh, just really quickly give you a background of how, I discovered the hybridization program is I am a lifelong contactee, but it's not till 2013 that I had a conscious contact experience where I was taken out of my bedroom in Union City, California on board craft and introduced to hybrid children. And that was kind of like the first time that meeting the children was an introduction to me uh, of an entire world and existence in the interdimensional plane which we are participating in and um i think what prepared me to have the conscious experience was months and months of preparation meditation work and deprogramming of all kinds of let's say uh matrix programming system programming belief systems structures of belief here that are limiting to our earth experience and i think that kind of opened up the opportunity for me to be conscious in a way that i was able to receive this exchange and um as a result of that that uh in introduction that meeting with the children i began to recall all the memories that i've had with them previously since i was a child and so this kind of it was very difficult uh returning from that experience um i mean it was i had burn i had like sunburn on my cheeks i had marks on my feet that i had literally left my room i was upside down on the end of my bed i i left at 3 33 in the morning and i got back at like 6 15 in the morning and the first thing i wanted to do was call the hospital or call the police because i wasn't sure how to integrate such a powerful experience. It definitely wasn't a dream. It wasn't just something that I had slipped out of consciousness. It was something very physical. And so for me, that was new because I had never heard about other people having these experiences before. 
And um, that experience resulted in activation of psychic abilities. So when I went back to work on Monday, I could see the entire multidimensional body. I was hyper, hypersensitive to the point where I couldn't even leave my house for three months after that. I couldn't go grocery shopping. It was impossible to go to the store. Um, because of the sensitivity of that experience. And so it changed my life. Um, even though I tried to go back to regular life, um, it took me many years to find the strength within me to say, this is important enough for me to start researching and maybe even talking about it. Because I felt very isolated and I felt like I was living a double life. I had this whole existence and I still had contact during the, these uh, few years. And in 2017, I decided to get hypnotherapy um, by the suggestion of uh, a family member, but also um, somebody in MUFON that I had met. And so as a result of that, when I explained to them what happened to me, they, uh, they were very shocked at the level of information that I had downloaded without having any read any other books, not having had any, any understanding of the whole field of ET contact yet. Um, I had kind of been privy to a part of the hybridization program. And in the, in the hypnosis session, I began to download information about what the hybridization program was, going all the way back to the very origin of our time and seeding of life on this planet. And it kind of showed me that really um, we are a product of that hybridization program. You and I are hybrids. And um, it just completely collapsed my entire vision of our reality in a way that I started to question um, my family lineage. I found out mm. that my family also had contact and I started to meet other people, experiencers that had the exact same patterns, not all, not only in the hybridization program, but also contact experiences that ran in the families. Mm -hmm. And um, so what the hybridization program is essentially is uh, it's a program that begins at a very early age. It begins with implantation of bioetheric implants in the physical body and then monitoring until the subject is ready to reproduce at, at an age that she's ready to reproduce. And then there will be an insemination process. And I can talk a little bit more about that. There's a gestation process, there's an extraction, and then there's usually a presentation. The presentation is a presentation of the children like I had in 2013. And after that, um, there is uh, kind of like a, a visitation, you know, of these experiences. Um, sometimes people are activated as a result of these contact experiences. Sometimes they just go right back to their life and keep going. But it's not just women that are experiencing this, but it's also men. Yes, um, actually, you're not the first person that I've spoken to who's been a part of this. Um, yeah. Some people are not aware, and I don't know how familiar you are with him, but Robert Salas has actually been public about having been used in that way also. Ah, okay. Okay, awesome. Yeah. yeah. So m many people, I mean, at this point, you know, for the past few years, I've been getting hundreds of emails from people that, you know, everyday people that are like, Geraldine, you know, I've had these miscarriages, I became pregnant when I wasn't partnered. Right. And, you know, and my question was, like, how is it that this is this is not something that the medical field 
or you know psychology field isn't addressing because we have a lot of women going to the gynecologist and there is no support whether it's psychological emotional or even medical um, it's just kind of discarded as something that is kind of uh, produced hormonally by the body or emotionally by the body um, but this is these this is a very specific phenomena that is combined with interdimensional contact these are you know vivid dreams that people are having vivid experiences with physical side effects um you know and so it, that's what makes the, it a little bit different well i can tell you that without giving away too much the medical and psychology fields might become more interested in the future i think I will, so i think i so. will i will tell you that not only because um you know obviously the government has released documents talking about the, these pregnancies that were out of the blue, that there was no explanation for. Um, and in the public sphere, you know, so people are having conversations about that. Um, but, you know, they're, they're just like slowly talking more and more about experiencers when they talk about this topic with the government. And I feel like there's a lot of people coming forward who are talking about their own personal experiences. Um, a lot of really public faces are saying, this has happened to me. I had an abduction experience. Um, so I think I think we're gonna get there. And I will also say from a, um, my own personal mission, that is going to be something that happens. So, yeah. but I, want, so I wanted to ask, you said that, um, you kind of remembered everything later and memory loss seems to be a big part of this experience for people. A lot of people are not remembering encounters that they've had or, um, you know, abduction experiences until something sets the memory off. Um, like something just kind of sparks the memory. Um, and then they remember everything. Um, this happened with and a good example is Kurt Russell. Right. You know, he saw the Phoenix lights. He reported it and then he forgot about it until he heard about it on the news like 20 years later. You know, so. Right. Yeah. So do you re remember anything in your childhood that should have been maybe red flags for you um, that something was going on? Oh, yes, absolutely. And that's kind of how I began to piece together um you know contact experience i mean the discovery process of being a lifelong contactee was it was mind-blowing because um i realized that there were memories that were were so deeply ingrained in my mind that i couldn't i couldn't forget these memories they for example at the age of five when i had my first contact experience this incredible white light that came into the room and I mean, you know, our, our mind has a tricky way of like working with these memories. It's like you remember the white light in the room. Um, but back then you think maybe it's just a light from outside. Maybe it's the moon, you know. But when you begin to understand that there's like missing time after these experiences or marks on the body or really, really vivid dreams combined or just becoming unconscious after you see the white light, these kinds of uh, marker memories, we call them marker memories, are uh, filled with information about the kind of contact experience that you're having. So when I began to 
to look at this dream, this, it wasn't a dream, it was a waking state. But when I began to look at this experience in, in, um, in review, I began to realize that every time I've had these kinds of vivid dreams that seemed realer than real life, um, throughout my life, they were combined with not only physical side effects, but also life-changing experiences. Um, I had medical emergencies that the only medical emergencies that I had in my life were linked with this kind of contact. Um, times where I would become pregnant, there would be times where I would get very ill and uh, the doctors would not be able to identify an amoeba, for example, in the body. Hello. Geraldine, what's up, homegirl? Hi. Hi. It's so nice to meet you. I heard you might good, be popping in. Good to meet you. Yeah, uh, finding the USB adapter because I have a Mac. And without that, you're not plugging anything into that other than the power cable or oh. I guess something that's USB-C. So yeah. uh, well, that's what I found it. G Geraldine was Excellent. just talking about some of the markers in her life that might have indicated um, that she had abductions and encounters early on. Because later on, she remembered and she was looking, she was yeah. talking about some of the red flags. Because I don't know if you recall, DJ, but I've told you also that in, when they do research on this, um, there's a lot of indications that other people are being abducted and are not aware. Uh -huh. right. so, yeah, you've also referred to me as a red flag myself. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> it's just a little. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. Please continue, Geraldine. No, no problem. Uh, yeah, so I, I was just talking about medical emergencies that were combined with this kind of contact experience. And the way these experiences would go would be, for example, I would be diagnosed. I kept fainting over the course of a month, a, a week. I would keep fainting. Finally, mm. I went to the doctor. The doctor said I had an amoeba. They couldn't they couldn't identify what kind of amoeba or from where they asked me if I had left the country. I hadn't gone outside of the country. Um, and, you know, they basically thought that if they wouldn't be able to address the issue, I would basically die in a couple months. And they tried to give me all kinds of medications, but I'm, but I became very allergic to medications. I couldn't take anything. And within a week, uh, I had these experiences where I had these beings come into my room and inject into the body some kind of a blue liquid that would come on the inside of the body and then the next day everything's gone like there's no illness there's there's nothing i'm completely recovered the doctor didn't understand how to explain that he said i don't know i guess you're fine like you're absolutely fine you know something worked um, and so these this kinds of experiences you know were combined with miscarriage type experiences where I would become pregnant and then all of a sudden I would have uh, no fetus, you know, left behind. And so um, the funny thing is that when you link these memories and you start to piece them together, they're memories that, you know, you think of them and you're like, oh, I was sick during that time, but you don't understand that there's a connection between interdimensional beings and what you're experiencing. It isn't until you start to, you know, piece it all together. So, you know, I, I can understand that it can be very shocking. And this right. is why, you know, I, I did the support group so that we can have right. these conversations. So I have questions about some you're kidding possible, me. possible really? red flags that I may have had. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so when I was a kid, I would sleepwalk. Mm -hmm. That to me is a red flag. Mm -hmm. I also um, 
would have very vivid flying dreams. And one day I was sleepwalking and thought I was flying and I jumped off the stairs. Oh my gosh. I think (laughs) this is a red flag, you know? (laughs) And then um, another thing that happened that I haven't, I don't think I've even told you this DJ, but I asked someone else about it. I don't really know what this means, but there were times when I would wake up and I couldn't lift my head up. Yes. You have told me that. Yeah. Okay. Like I, I, like I would get a really bad headache if I tried to lift my head up and I had Mm -hmm. to put it back down. So there were some weird things that's like the least of them, but I was just like, you know, I, I feel like these are red flags and if you could just, you know, educate people and potentially some other ones so that, you know, they could just kind of explore the possibility and maybe take some baby steps towards maybe being open-minded about it. Absolutely. All right. So this is going to be uh, a long list. So first of all, let's talk about anomalies in waking state. Uh, what more? a lot of experiencers are reporting is that they will feel the day that they're going to become abducted, they begin to have some kind of premonitions or some kind of shift in pressure in their home. I hear this all the time. There's like pressure shifts in the home and your ears will start ringing or there will be some popping sounds in in your body. You will, you will feel like it's going to happen that evening. You Most people don't link these two things together until they start seeing the pattern. It, it just becomes a pattern. Okay, So there will be something that will link that. So um, now in dream time, dreams of falling, very common. And this is also linked with astral projection, of course, because when you're going into astral projection, you have these sensations of falling or leaving the body or, you know, floating. Um, And we have to understand that the phenomena is not separate. It's all together. We're dealing with interdimensional, we're entering into another dimensional plane and contact can very much be physical, but it's also very interdimensional. So in your dream time, uh, Uh, non-physical aspects of yourself are participating in these other realms. Um, So you're going to experience incredibly vivid dreams as well. Um, Dreams that are stated to be realer than real life. I hear this over and over again. They're so visible. They're so crystal clear. Um, And another, another dream is a dream that you feel that you are being overpowered by something. So for example, there's like these and this is a experience that I I see a lot of um, experiencers, it's like they're in a blanket or it just feels like you're completely helpless and and you're like struggling in this space. That for some reason seems to be a dream that people have a lot before they go into these, you know, whether they're in craft or whatever their experience is, just like the falling dream. It's interesting. Um, I feel like this is our brain replacing a memory. That's when these things are happening. Yeah, it is very interesting. I mean, there's definitely something going on. And also it speaks to the this, the dream state or the, the brain patterns and the, the, the brain pattern that exists when these contact experiences mm-hmm. begin to occur, whether they are recorded in the memory or whether they're not going to have access to it also. Um, um, another thing is nosebleeds. You know, mm-hmm. at night, kids always have nosebleeds that, that come into the support group. Yeah, uh, I remember, yeah, you know, a lot of us have those when, when we're children. And um, now let's talk about like 
actual experiences. Um, sometimes you will dream that you are with a family member and a parent in the dreams, but it'll be combined with interdimensional beings. It could be greys or, you know, what, whatever being that you are interacting with. Um, that's Lavender, maybe manted creatures. Not that we know anybody that's seen that Deb, but... <laughs> Me, I, I am not... A, a Anjali, fan. your home yes, girl. Yes. Yes, I know. I wanted to be clear. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen, um, and I'll go into that later. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah that's, that's amazing. But, you know, this, and this is where my area of research is kind of going into is why are we meeting these specific kind of species? Like, why do we always run into these? And I have kind of seen that this is part of our genetic structure. It's a reflection of our genetic hologram and what we have in our genetic code. But we'll get into that in a second. But it seems like these, that the, the experiencers are meeting these aspects of themselves. They're meeting these interdimensional beings. Mm -hmm. um, and then they have these experiences. And, and there's different categories of experiences. There's interdimensional and there's also physical, which are more connected to military experiences. And that's a whole other aspect of this as well, because the military aspect of it, you're, you're looking at children that are having experiences um, where they're taking out of classrooms, they're being trained, they have memories where they go into these big bunkers or they're getting like tested for psychic abilities. And, you know, these are and I was one of those children, like I remember being taken out of class into this special testing and. And then when I would talk to my classmates about it, nobody would remember, nobody would know why, you know, where that existed. And I've heard other people that were in secret space programs. I don't call them secret space programs, but when I hear them tell their story, it's very similar to my experiences in underground bases and Antarctica and other 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 memories like these. These are these are very specific dreams that are taking you to underground bases that if you would research them, they actually exist, right? So it's not like, you know, as a child, why would you know that? Yeah, um, I, just, so. I just had a kind of revelation. Mm -hmm. We know, um, for anyone who's been paying attention, the aerial school phenomenon movie just came out. And, you know, with DJ's help, I was able to see it. Yay. Oh, oh so, please. Yeah. Please and then, um, you know, we, there was one of many examples of times when we had a physical encounter with entities um, went around a collective, right? And where do people often report seeing these entities um, when they're in like a boarding school or they're in like a con like a congressional commu community kind of thing? Like when I say that, I mean like a, like a ministry, you know, mm -hmm. or on a base and i wonder if they're attracted to us being collected together that way somehow uh, yeah. for, for a unified purpose like they're curious about what is this unification happening with this group of people and if you know like you know they come they've come over uh like sports games before and things like that i wonder if they're just really curious um about collective human activity where everyone's paying attention to something at the same time well, uh, yeah, in a way, and there's a couple layers to this. I mean, the thing is that the, the interest in the human uh, is very much about their intuitive psychic abilities and also the genetic code. And both the government and these interdimensional sectors are very, very interested in, in the same, 
It's a, the same data is being utilized for many, many different agendas, whether they're all one or whether they're separate. That's a whole nother topic, you know, and it, it's very difficult to answer that question because we do have uh, draconian reptilian, uh, you know, sectors of the government that are managing other um, nuclear bio uh, weaponry departments that are also training, you know, a lot of these children that are highly, highly psychic at a very early age and using them on and off planet programs. Um, and you have to understand it's not just in the physical. I mean, they're literally hijacking into, into the dream state and utilizing the astral of the physical body of this body in order to play out these experiences, you know, and so um, this is where, you know, your whole world of what reality really is starts to kind of fall apart because there is no boundaries to this. Um, and I guess yeah. this is, this is why the thing is to train ourselves to begin to navigate. And it's something that we've been training for for centuries. I mean, if you look at ancient Egypt, if you look at all these ancient cultures that train specifically about out of body experiences and then death, this is the realm where all the action is happening and where we humans have to begin to train. Yes. Um, we actually, I, I, um, um, go, go ahead, DJ. So uh, I was going to ask you, it just, I have a couple of questions, but the first one I'm going to ask you is uh, how many in your experience or, or within your knowledge base, based on your experience, how many different types of beings do you think are visiting? Many, a few, one, yeah, you know, yeah, it's a great question. You know, I um, myself, I've encountered probably about 50 kind of species. Wow, that's a um, lot. That's a lot. But at the same time, um, I don't tend to look at these interdimensional consciousness as species. I tend to look at them more as ranges of frequency for, for many reasons. But one Make reason sense. is because, um, you know, we see them kind of grouped into like council type collections of different species and we keep hearing this over and over again people are con consistently connecting with council type groups and they seem to be different species and they all have sustain a certain vibrational frequency also it seems that they're managing genetic groups that they probably help create these are bloodlines that are preserved you know since probably the origin of our of our existence and they kind of monitor these groups through these different programs and i think Go ahead. Yeah. I, I really have to talk about the council thing for a minute because, yeah. okay. So I was going to go there. <laughs> go I was, I have to talk about it. Okay. So Priscilla and I sat down for an interview at one point and she and I compared notes on this council and she and I had very similar experiences. In my case, I was meditating which I wanted to touch on about how it's pretty much the same realm. And Grant Cameron, by the way, talked to us and said the same thing. It's the same realm as the dream realm and, and all that stuff. Um, and some people say I'm not meditating, that I'm going into a trance. That's why it's different. But I, I'll go into How could they know that? I don't know. They're, they're saying that, that meditation, you know, you're supposed to just be calming down. And that's not what's happening. No, I'm popping that's, in that's somewhere else. Exactly. Right. So true. I'm not I'm not calming down. I'm going somewhere else almost every time I meditate and I get this sense all the time I'm supposed to like do it and it's like bugging me that I don't. It's almost like I'm not picking up a phone. It's so weird. Yeah, anyway, that's right. You got to do it. You got to do it. I'll give you 10 bucks if you do it, Debs. I well, yeah, tomorrow. I I really I prefer to do it with that track I I gave you DJ that one that one melody. Other songs mm -hmm. don't work for me, but that one works really well. But anywho, 
<laughs> I got so sidetracked. You were talking about the council. Because oh, yeah, I was going to get to that too. So go ahead because I'm yeah, going to go so, down that road. So Priscilla went to it for a different reason than I did. I think she was guiding someone there. But I was guided there. I was taken there by um, a light being that presented as my soul, essentially. And they were snobby and rude. And they all had their backs to us. And they didn't want us to be there. And they're like, what are you doing here? And they're like the ones that are supposed to be like in charge of part of humanity. And they don't like us, essentially, is the feeling that I got. That they think less of us is the sense that I got. And then um, I met another person who said the same thing, that they met this council. All of us had the same experience. They were like sitting around in chairs in a circle being snobby. So this is just, why when you get that the receipt and like you're looking at the 20%, 15%, 10%, you're like, I'll give a 5% tip to all you guys for treating me that way. So, <laughs> that's so very sorry. interesting. Yeah, no, that's very interesting. Um, you know, and, and this is this is where I started to question these council experiences myself, because, you know, it's like, what is the interest? Like, what is the exchange that's happening? And I've met many councils and um, also, um, you know, have picked up different vibes from them as well in terms of the agendas and their interest in my participation. Some of these some of these agendas that they're wanting to participate aren't always very productive. They're very counterproductive in that they're more parasitic. It's not like something that is more productive for me as, as a higher soul. Um, and other other of these are more constructive, like they're willing to support like their their supposed agenda is to move evolutionary, you know, human into the next evolutionary phase. So I think there's many levels to it. But I will say that I think after reviewing like so many of these councils and the exchange, um, what I've realized is that the more I come into my higher self and I integrate that higher self in all these experiences, I begin to, to see that these are aspects of myself, agreements that have been made in other timelines, aspects of our, of ourselves that have the ability of reintegrating from, we, we can reintegrate from. Because these timelines that we access in other lifetimes, and remember, we're not talking about time as linear. I want to be very clear. All of this is occurring simultaneously. So all your past lives, it's all happening right now. All of these future parts of you are all happening right now. So when we tune into them, we literally have the ability to shift our current timeline, what we're experiencing right now. And there are very profound effects to what we choose to do with these beings in this time. That's something that we have to understand because it's affecting our our progression our evolution collectively in ways that we might not really understand yet um, so to add another layer to this concept of time and <laughs> i know this is you know we keep calling on these little branches but it's important uh -huh. um i was watching an um a video about ndes which i've watched a lot of that lately i've been drawn to that and someone spoke about when they died they were shown a wheel and they were put in the wheel and it like was rotating essentially. And they had to decide which end they would come out. Like in, in other words, which universe they would come out of that wheel to. And if they were going to come back to the one that they had just come through or they would go to another one. So I believe that I suspect that because there are limited physical bodies, but tons of consciousness in the universe, that we may actually live this same life over and over 
at the same time. And I, I would be okay with that if when I live it over again that that I don't lose my hair, which is, <laughs> you know, I was going to ask, you know, because Geraldine's experience was different than Anjali because uh, Anjali's experience, uh, you know, she was put on an examination table. They did not heal her. She's still, according to her, quite sick. And you would have thought with, you know, six hours of time, they might have scanned her and decided to heal her. And here was Geraldine. You know, they throw some some sort of an injection in there. She's good to go. So for Geraldine, for your contacts, what do you think about them maybe making my hair grow back? Is that something you could? <laughs> hey, it can happen. It can happen. You got to you got to tune in to your future self that has hair and bring them into the present moment. <laughs> OK, um, you know, okay. It, it, it's it's funny, you know, we can really affect and, and I have heard so many cases of people that have healed themselves and changed their lives by tuning into these aspects of themselves. But the thing is that I think we, we got the formula wrong. Like we think that we're giving our power over to something external to us. That's not at all what it is. This is the vessel that has to be, we need to activate our DNA. The DNA is the expression of these interdimensional aspects of ourselves and we're navigating our DNA essentially. So if we understand how to work with DNA, deprogram limiting belief systems and program belief systems that transcend the physical, we literally come into this Jedi-like state of being where we start to affect matter. And illness really is something that we can heal in the body. We have pranic, we have tons of, of papers on this. I mean, we have tests that clinical tests on this showing us the effects of the mind and the placebo in the physical body. So, you know, if this is true, medically proven, like we need to start getting to that level as a collective so we can begin to understand how things start to function on the other dimensions as well, you know? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, we're going to uncheck that gene that anyway, go ahead. Deb, let's get away yeah, from I was gonna say yeah. that, that's something that I've touched on a little bit also, because I think they call it epigenetics, where you essentially are activating certain genes. Um, and you can do that a lot of different ways, you know, with meditation, with life experiences, um, with how you eat, your environment. So you are literally going to be able to recode yourself and turn on and off genes. And I think when when you said you had your experience um, and you became more psychic, the, the, a lot of people are reporting that. And I wonder, it, or you know, other people prefer the word intuitive. Um, I wonder if that is something to do with the epigenetics kind of behavior, like something gets clicked on, you know? Yeah. Well, I'll start with this. I mean, when I was taken out of my, I mean, I felt my entire body become paralyzed at my window away from my bed. I was awake. I could see my bed open and I felt myself going through the wall and then coming back together on the other side. So, I mean, we're talking about an, an entire movement of our cells that are matching the wall the vibrational frequency of the mall, the wall, and then coming back together again, you know, so we're entering inter into different dimensional planes. When I went on board that craft, everything is vibrating so powerful. Um, you know, it's just this incredible energy that is around you. And 
so it transfixes and activates everything you are you know your entire genetic code is being in a, in a sense upgraded but you're aligning to that dimensional plane in order to interact so people that are remembering and more people are remembering their contact more than ever and this is important because it shows us the level of evolution that we're on right now this entire universe is in a phase where it's moving at one of the highest rates that we've been move, moving at because this is a you know this is the natural progression of evolution so we're at a point where we're entering into an interdimensional existence and we're going in the direction of where this is going to become common the psychic abilities telepathic abilities teleportation all these things are our future and we're headed into that there's going to be an artificial yeah. intelligence aspect of that but there's also the organic that we need to learn how to incorporate into the physical body and, and, and we uh, used to yes i've got my final uh two questions here for miss miss geraldine and I'll let you ladies take care of your business um geraldine it, was your experience um, fear like what Travis Walton describes upon uh, his first memory of interacting with entities? So my experience in 2013, which was this conscious experience, began as fear because I was terrified and I never saw or even understood what aliens or ETs, interdimensional beings were, but they removed the fear from my body. So they, I heard the word calm and mm -hmm. all the fear immediately left my body. And from that point on, I was brought through a series of, of information. They took me to the Pleiades, they showed me my hybrid children. I saw my aunt on board the craft who also wow. recalls her memory that same night. Wow. Um, and then they showed me also what the, how the matrix functions. They showed me down to the molecular level how matter functions. And I think if it wasn't for that, and because of my deprogramming work that I had been doing before that, I think I would have been in a lot more of a traumatic situation than I was um by the time i came back granted when i get back i mean i wanted to call the police in the hospital sure. because it was hard for me to place what just happened i never heard of these kinds of experiences before you know i had that that day so it took a while you know yeah what did they uh look like physically so these were tall grays with uh very, very, um, I guess you can say they look like aunt, ants, but Kinda their like body. Me, but... No, <laughs> Maybe with the glasses on, with the glasses. <laughs> okay. had... the big eyes, right? Yeah, yeah. So they were, they were incredibly advanced beings and the technology that they had on board the craft was incredible, incredibly advanced. Um, you know, and it's just, the power the what i will never forget is the vibration of them of their of their existence of the tele telepathic exchange that i felt um and then the information that they showed me you know taking me to the pleiades um in the pleiades they showed me these tall beings that you know had had uh they were like tall uh whites you can say or tall with blue eyes sure. like nordic yep. type beings yeah everybody sees nordic it's amazing yeah, I it's very strange. Nordics, I'm weird that way. I just, I'll go into that later. But I have no interest in Nordics. I'm sorry. I'm like, don't be such a so selective, Deb. People sorry, are just happy to have an experience. I'm just like, um, come on, enough with the white people. I know. There's <laughs> yeah. brown. Look at some brothers up in space. Um, <laughs> well, they were brown not, people. 
It's I'm not like tiny. white, like our skin color. I, They're more like light beans. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I know. Um, I, I'll, I'll tell you, I have like, I went to meet uh, my my um, soul guides, and one of them, he looks African, but he very much insists that he's not from this planet, and he's not. So he's like very offended about being called African. Well, Ger uh, well Geraldine would say it could be in another dimension. It's called something else, or it was called something else in another time. It just happens to be, could be the same continent, you know, but just another yeah, name. And, and that's another thing that I really would like to stress. And I was just going to get to that point earlier when I was talking about the kind of species that what I think is, is being, being categorized, we're just looking at things that we kind of collectively have chosen as what we're screening these beings as. I don't think they actually have the forms that they present themselves in. I think that those are like archetypes that we're kind of, we kind of select as a whole. Yeah. yeah. Got it. And it's also using our memory database to kind of present to us something that would be somewhat pleasing, somewhat acceptable with our way of, of seeing things as well. And I've, I've heard that from other I've heard that from other people. I don't know that they're experiencers, but all I can say is uh, we have no way to know that unless you're told that. So that right. they actually could look like what your eyeballs saw or they could be making you think they look like that because that's what they think that you want them to look like or expect. But unless they told you that, then we really have no way to know because I've heard several experiencers, including one I'm about to ask you about is my final question, that describe the exact same beings that you did. And that's right. Travis Walton. Right. And oh, I just okay. wanted to chime in on that, that I agree that sure. I think that they are projecting something, an image for us, because sometimes when that image falls, people are terrified. They see something else behind it. Um, and they just can't deal exactly. with it. Exactly. And that's what I was going to talk about that, you know, I've experienced the screen images from the military, which is something else that's chemically induced uh, screen images that they also create. And these uh, this other kind of screen technology is also from these kinds of interdimensional beings that are using biotechnology that are implanted into the physical body. So there's different levels of this, you know. So, so that being said, with so many different experiences that I've had being in the present of these beings, everything from draconians to these high light beings to military, you know, it's, it's hard to say that, you know, you don't really, there is no like one kind of being and there's no right or wrong, there's no high and low. I think that it's just ranges of frequency that we're kind of encountering in a way. Yeah, I know that's yeah, hard to it, understand, but yeah. No, I, I totally understand. I'm, yeah. I'm, what I was suggesting is I was steering away from apathy absolutism with regard to this yeah. unless you know then we don't know i mean right. that could be actually what they look like it might not be what they look like however you know there's other experiences i don't know um deb knows ganga today he's a multiple time experiences experiencers as well and if he tells me with all these experiences had well i was told this then okay i'm more prone to believe it but other than that you know, we're speculating and that's what's fun about talking about ufology. So, right. uh, but, but uh, if you have, are you familiar with Travis Walton? 
I um I haven't read his story, but I've met him and I've I've been at conferences with him. Oh wow! And um, the reason why is because I'm writing my book, and um, yeah, I'm just writing my book about my experiences. So I, I'm going to dive into all these experiences when I'm done with that, just to understand what they experienced. But um, yeah, so it sounds very similar to yours. So I think if he heard when he hears your story and you read his story, which is very well documented. I mean, it happened in 1975. You probably weren't even alive yet. Right. Um, <laughs> um, it, it, it's what I've heard you say thus far is eerily similar. So okay. you and him could be like homies, man, when you're in Snowflake, Arizona, um, <laughs> go talk to uh, very cool. very Travis cool. Walton. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's an awesome guy. Yeah. I, I was going to say, uh, it's awesome to meet you, you guys. It sounds like Likewise. this dialogue is, uh, this is going to be some gasoline on the fire here. Deb's just going to wild out because you, you, you know, when you get to talk with someone that has so many rich experiences and then you have dudes like me that have never had an experience, it's true. come on. She's talking about, I saw a UFO once when I was really young and it was literally like for a second, I didn't get to have what you guys are having. Uh, the only thing I have in common with Deb is I have had some very, very dream, uh, vivid dreams of me flying. And I've never mm -hmm. discussed that with Deb, but, um, at her hourly rate, I've got to kind of keep these <laughs> sessions short, you know, so yeah. I don't run out of money. And by um, the way, he ended up professionally flying. Yes. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Well, I mean, if you, I don't know if you've ever seen intuitives, but I'm pretty sure they'll be able to tell you that you probably had a lot more contact than you think. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. You think so? I wow. Am. He's pretty also a yoga instructor. Yes. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's amazing. No, but for sure. I mean, okay. if you if you even have the vibrational frequency to be able to see a UFO, mm -hmm. you have had contact. And I, I've kind of seen that over and over again with my clients working with so many different people. So it's, it's a frequency you. thing. Yeah, I will contact yeah. you at, at some point offline and uh, yeah. and see what you can figure out about me. I mean, Deb hasn't been able to figure out anything other than I annoy the hell out of her. But That's you might be able to figure out DJ. something different. So I'm he just and kidding. I are like brother and sister. I know. I'm just kidding. I'm just that kidding. That sounds great. No, I, lo I, love, I love her. But uh, I'm, yeah. there's a lot of, you know, uh, meathead comedy that's involved in, in my interaction with uh, other with uh, the phenomenon and ufology in general. So mm -hmm. um, namaste, Miss Geraldine. Great thank to you. meet you. Thank and, you so um, much for being here. I'll be speaking with you. And thank you for joining Deb's Data Dojo, The Legend. All right. Oh, thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Bye, Deb. Bye, Bye Deb. All right. Bye. See you. Take care. Okay. So I do want to um, switch gears for a minute because yeah. um, I started to talk about, you know, I've done some meditations and I feel like I get some information and a lot of what I get lines up with what other people are getting. Yeah. For instance, I was, had not heard the term God source until I had meditated. And then I, I was kind of shown that it's like we have essentially a set of nodes that act as a connection to the ultimate God. And they're all over the universe. And and the, like one is in this area and there's one further away that's a little closer. And you can travel to them if you want um, and get closer. But I was wondering if you had that experience first. That was one of my questions. If That's you heard interesting. About the well, God source. 
God source. Well, um, I definitely have experienced source and seen source. Um, and I've, I've traveled many dimensional layers of all, our multiverse. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of have, from my perspective, um, kind of some kind of architectural structure to what where we exist and how we're mm -hmm. participating. Um, but um, nodes, can you clarify what you mean by nodes? Just so I just so I can see if it's what I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah, so I believe what I'm getting from not only my own experience, but from talking to other people is that, you know, when it, when it, we're talking about the God source in particular, it's basically big balls of energy. Okay. And they connect, yeah. but yeah. we also connect, we connect to, um, to our origin place and to the, uh, the big God source, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and it's through, you know, some people call it the silver cord, but it's like a like a lifeline, so to mm -hmm. speak, that yeah. you know we can travel back and forth on. So, absolutely, um, yeah. This is this is kind of stuff that I have understood, and when I go look it up, other people also have understood this and have absolutely. found this. Absolutely. Yeah. So I call it source cord, and um, basically, it's uh, we we are a fractal of that infinite consciousness, that source, and. Um, each one of our vessels, so I call this an organism, I call this the vessel organism, the organic vessel of fractal of infinite consciousness, but we have millions of them. We have millions of fractals of ourselves that are interacting in different dimensional planes, alternate universes, you know, all these things that essentially they're just constructs that we create, but we're looking at ourselves manifesting in these different dimensional planes. And nodal nodes, as you, as you call them, I, I call them, I, what I see is that this entire multiverse is made up of white and black holes. And, and this is kind of the dualistic expression that's kind of the architecture of how we are moving in and out of all these different constricting and expanding spaces. Each one of these, and we are literally made up of these black holes, these vortices, of concentrated life force that make up our physical body they make up the physical hologram that make up our body and then we have many that go into all dimensional levels until we reach that infinite source um, which channels through all of these aspects of ourselves we the universe is very much like a lattice that lattice that is contracting and expanding and within this lattice i mean we exist we the hologram can exist through the lattice um, so each one of these that we begin to work with in the, in the, in the vortices in the physical body, mm. we can activate information and they are literally like portals that allow us to access every single one of the seven chakras is connected to the, this, the planets in our uh, galaxy, including the sun. The sun is actually the stargate that can connect us to many different uh, universes, but also to source. And mm -hmm. this is kind of, there's kind of like a, an order to how this energy comes in through the sun, distributes through the galaxy, and then to every single human through our source right. cord. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's amazing that the more you sit and meditate and go inward and explore the inner universe, you, you realize, you know, there's nothing outside of you. This, everything is inside mm -hmm. and we, we are an interconnected, uh, system where we're co-creating this human experience in a three-dimensional plane. 
which is one of many. (laughs) And that kind of leads to me starting to go with you. A lot of these theories are correct because when people are talking about simulation, that we're in a simulation, in a way they're right. The the problem is they think it's it's a computer. It's not a computer. It's a biological, physical, energy-based simulation, not not a computer program. But um, I do wonder if you've ever given thought or had um, any information about why, like, why are we doing this? Why are we working? Why do we keep going into this biological avatar to evolve? Why do we do that? Why why, Why is that necessary? Yeah, I mean, I've spent many years trying to answer this question myself, because, you know, I mean, when you have these kinds of experiences, I mean, for me, one of the biggest questions early on was like, what is the purpose of having this experience? Are we having a collective psychosis, you know, or are we really seriously navigating these interdimensional planes? I mean, we look at history and we look at how death and the navigation of the non-physical realm was revered historically. So we're obviously not the first ones, not the first generation that has, you know, talked and, and explored this realm. I mean, really, it, it becomes actually the most important realm that we that we should focus as a humanity to learn how to navigate are becoming lucid in dream time and then preparing for the moment when this vessel uh, you know we be, we go into death um, and I believe that actually the majority of our activity our spiritual activity is 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 being carried out in these realms um, and you know the funny thing is that we think that the physical realm is really where all all the important stuff is happening but this is just it's like a it's it's an illusion that kind of throws us into this genetic lineage that it's an ancestral lineage that's connected to the earth grid that we're experiencing and when you incarnate into the physical body you're attaching to this ancestral lineages which is made up of cyclical patterns we're literally cycling through those cyclical patterns of trauma over and over again until one of those aspects of yourself in this ancestral line decides to end certain patterns so when that happens and every single generation is encoded with the appropriate information to allow that to happen if you choose if you wake up if you become conscious to do it otherwise you're just repeating over and over again and we cycle the roles that we play through our ancestral lineage we are so one that within these ancestral lineages we are related to one another not only genetically i mean just two thousand years ago you and i have a relative in common you know, so I mean, so not only genetically are we connected, but in the etheric realm, we're all cycling through different aspects of these traumatic experiences. And the whole purpose is to experience duality. And I guess it's just a it's a purpose of learning. We're learning how to transcend this temporary physical illusion and become one again, come back to one. And Um, There is no really right and wrong. It's just the way that we're experiencing and evolving collectively. I just wonder why we do it to ourselves. Like, I really do. Like, I know that people make the choice to come back. And, you know, of course, granted, I understand when when you have passed, you aren't going to taste things anymore. You're not going to have ice cream anymore. There will be no more cake. There will be no more jumping up and down on a bouncy house or whatever thing you are going to miss about being physical but 
um, no smell, you know, those things are going to be gone. But I just, you know, because it is so difficult sometimes, I wonder why we, we make that choice. And I, I have often heard, you know, we, we analyze the, what data we bring back afterwards, that that uh -huh. part that's part of the purpose that we're collecting data, essentially. Um, Grant Cameron thinks God is bored and <laughs> created this uh, organic or physical simulation to entertain itself. <laughs> That's yeah, 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 yeah. I've, I've, I've also thought that, you know, maybe he's bored and he just wants to, you know, experience. But, but I mean, if you think about, I guess, the mechanism of this universe, I mean, whether, whether we think we're evolving or not, we are all, we're all evolving. The, the, the nature of this multiverse is moving in this spiral forward movement. Mm -hmm. And so every single cell, every organism that exists is still processing through this evolution. And, you're never you're never not evolving you're never only in the future only in the past only in the present you're in all of it you know so it's actually really it's really fascinating to think that you you are your future self you you are you know you are the past self and and the the only way to access any of that is through the present moment where consciousness is aware in this point in your entire existence that's where you can actually affect any of these aspects of yourself so if you if you begin to understand that i mean it's it it's a it's a learning experience of of an organism in how can it evolve in the most expansive vital healthy way it's it's sustaining health and balance and harmony in 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 the highest level and that's really what each organism has an opportunity to do is your life going to be co-creating something productive for this organism or are mm. you going to be destructive and counter creative unfortunately mm. most of us we end up counter creating because we get very lost in the sensory body we believe this illusion and we get lost in our stories of suffering and we forget that we're more than just this temporary experience um, but the moment you remember that, it's like the vitality comes back into the in this right. organism. The runways right. of energy begin to move. Your vortex begins to spin again. And now you can actually access the true magic of this three-dimensional realm. Um, I, th and I think we really are just sent here to play and get data. Like, I, I really think to sum it yeah, up. we're I learning. Think, yeah, I think that, like, we're bringing it back to to. The, what I call the God source. And that's, that's yeah. the purpose and, and to each other ultimately. But yeah. I can tell you um, what a factor that's confusing is I don't think that I was, you know, this is going to get really out there for people, but whatever. I don't think I came to the right planet. <laughs> like, <laughs> I really don't. I think I've been here a couple times before, but I don't think this is where I was supposed to be. <laughs> um, yeah, I, and I've heard other people say that too. Of course, you know, um, these other civilizations are part of all of this as well. Um, yeah. And that if people, you know, if you if you do research and read about it, um, eventually you find out that these other entities also experience. Um, you know, when some one of them dies, they have uh, like a, a moving on to a different level um so kind of like we do as well but exactly and but, but they have a better understanding of it and sometimes they have control when they come out of the physical 
uh, and they stick around. Some of them choose to be a part of a craft and continue to uh, be part of the consciousness of that craft, um, you know, things like that. So I, I suspect exactly. that I wasn't supposed to be here. I hear that a lot, you know, and, and I understand like the pro I think the majority of the people that experience that as, as truth for them, the problem is that they're such old souls and that they've just recently been in these higher states of consciousness that it's difficult for them to have to reassimilate in such a density, you know, for during this temporary experience. But the thing is that we have to understand that if you don't accept being in this physical realm and what you are, I mean, do you know how many things in the universe came together to bring your vessel into existence yeah. i mean mm -hmm. there is nothing in this universe that occurs just just like that it is we are such an interconnected organism mm -hmm. of learning and exploration that mm -hmm. there's no way that you know you were brought to the wrong place and you know the ones that have the hardest lives the most difficult lives sometimes with so much contrast are actually the highest level beings that we that this organism is healing and we're mm. healing through you you know mm. and your ability to accept your organism is actually the most powerful thing that one can do yeah it's interesting i i spoke to a medium um and she helped me identify um two lives uh because <laughs> it, it's funny because you would think that wouldn't be what the focus was but she talked to me about lives and she talked to me about consciousness and she talked to me about how there was a limited amount of physical beings per consciousness to go into um but she also said that she thought that my soul was young because it seems so um innocent like i'm like always shocked and appalled when people are hurting each other still you know what i i beg to differ slightly just because we want to come back to that childlike state that's mm -hmm. the highest state of awareness it's the highest mm -hmm. because you know when we have so much trauma we often guard ourselves and we become very protective and it's mm -hmm. very difficult for us to find that balance between feminine and masculine. But children are the embodiment of that integration because they, you know, they, they are open and they look at things with this wonderment. That wonderment is what allows them to experience things on such an expansive, non-judgmental way. And you'll notice that the Buddhist monks on earth, these monks that have reached the highest level of awareness and knowledge, they're like children. They go back to that childlike innocence. It's in that innocence that your body begins to access, not only, not only physically does your body, your chakra system expand in a way that someone that has trauma and is guarded could never, but you are literally designed to pull forward in that innocence. You know, the thing is, being this kind of soul, such sensitive empath, is to really understand energetic hygiene. Because when we reach that level of innocence, we need to understand that love, unconditional love, is our protection. That is our non-judgmental way of looking at the world is the most safest and powerful place to be. And where hopefully we all want to reach. So yeah. I think it's, I think you are a very advanced being actually. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Cause yeah. she's like, cause I, I can only remember or touch on two. I, I think I was possibly Enochian 
And I, uh, I don't know if anyone knows what that means. It's someone who was around the time of Jesus and possibly yeah. uh, influenced his beliefs, actually, because mm -hmm. right. they had an offshoot of uh, the Old Testament, but uh, or the, the concepts in the Old Testament, I should say. Um, and then the other was I was um, about a, I was 17 and I drowned while I was in China. Wow. So that was very yeah. brief, brief life. Yeah. But yeah, that that's amazing because um you are you are the early fractal of that Christ consciousness, you know, during that time, you know, and, and again, this isn't the past, this is all simultaneously occurring. Um, that we're channeling the Christ consciousness is that manifestation of higher levels of embodiment of source. So, you know, you you're very familiar with that. So you you know, you can anchor that because of the fact that you're so familiar with that you have the ability of anchoring it into the earth and it's a very specific purity of source consciousness it's a very specific vibrational frequency that many fractals of that christ consciousness around the world are like key pillars of light you know so they're really meant to hold space here so yeah it's really important your work is very important actually right so yeah. which leads me to another point <laughs> okay so in addition to suspecting that I was not supposed to be here and have only probably been here a couple other times, um, one thing I focus on a lot and have since I was little um, is doing work beyond life. Um, and I want to help, uh, you know, children and animals um, on the other side, right? Um, and in that vein, I, let's just say, this is, again, I apologize to anyone who doesn't like to hear about this stuff. I really do. I'm sorry. But I wanted to offer to help these children, these um, hybrid children, because obviously it must be very confusing to have potentially human emotions with abilities that are um, not necessarily easy to adjust to with human emotions. And um, I reached out to that. Uh, and I found out something that was a little upsetting. <laughs> so um, when I offered to do that help, um, I was told that these are not very safe children, that these children um, can be a little bit like vampires uh, and very draining because they have such a great need, but they can also control humans very easily. So you know, just like a, a human child wants a lot of attention and wants a lot of love, they greatly need that. They're not getting as much as they need because they have the human emotions, but then they also have the ability to control people. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Well, I, I will say, I mean, I've been on many hybridization crafts to see these kinds of hybrid children. And also after many sessions, I mean, hundreds of sessions of working with hybrid parents, what I have come to learn is that there are different hybridization programs and the children are designed for different things. Some of these children are meant to be more parasitic um, and they are usually the darker agendas. And yes, they will literally hook on, uh, not just only through the genetic code of the donor of the, of the data, that uh, the genetics that created the child, 
it will become a siphon of, of life force for the mother. And that's why in that case, the mother has to be able to neutralize those contracts with the children. Um, other other uh, very, very low agendas, these, these children literally don't even have the physical form of a child. They're interdimensional beings. And just as well, they can be very parasitic. They actually are, very, are meant to counter-create and they are embedded in timelines in order to uh, invert the spin of those timelines, so to speak. Okay? Like the and, Antichrist and succubus children and incubus children. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what they are. You know, mm -hmm. and so and so again we have to remember that our participation in those programs, we agree to participate in those based on our level of consciousness as well. So if we agree to that, we were also in very parasitic states that we agree to donate for this purpose. Um, on the other side of it, there's hybrid children that are designed, genetically modified in order to pull forward with advanced higher dimensional beings. And those, they are meant to pull uh, into a, in future timelines that begin to advance the human race. For example, they anchor into the earth, uh, advanced technology, information, spiritual practices, healing abilities. Like these are the hybrid children that are meant to advance. But um, I will say that what I've what I've understood after seeing all these children is that and and these programs that all of that is still a sustaining of a matrix whether it's high or low, and so the way I look at it is that essentially we want to reintegrate from all of these fragments whether they're low or high, in order to be able to move beyond the matrix, because the hybridization program is specifically for the sustaining of the genetic modification uh, and embedding into timelines of the matrix. So if we want to move beyond that, we would have to reintegrate from those. As a mother, all the genetic information that you gave, we need to disentangle the life force that we're feeding into these beings and then move beyond. Okay, so uh, it's kind of complex, but you know, th this is what I see um, at the end of the day. So we have a choice when we, when we work with these children, you can either interact with them, you know, or, but you need to understand what your agreement is. I think it's important to understand what they're doing, why yeah. they exist. So I've read, um, some stories from people who, um, are in other cultures and other countries, including native Australians, it described being part of this program and being taken and you know if you if you do some research you know aboriginal cultures have talked about it native americans totally. have talked about it all right? over the world yeah but, but most of them don't seem to be strictly in agreement it seems like there's of course a level of you know we didn't agree to this but we're being kind of forced into this mm, and um, yeah I think, you know, I think um, I've heard a, a story where it might have even been in your your movie because I don't know where else I would have heard it. But yeah. um, the woman said she was introduced to her child and she didn't feel a connection to the child. Right. And the the entity that was nearby was disappointed. Um, right. So I think there, there, you know, you're right. There's probably a lot of different things, a lot of different agendas involved in this. I, uh, a lot, you know, I'm glad that, you know, you might have been able to do an agreement, but I don't know that everyone is 
on board, so to speak. Well, that's a yeah. that's a pun if they're you know, but yeah. And and just to clarify, what are con what are agreements? Okay, um, experiential yes. agreements are actually uh, allocation of vibrational intention, their intention. And the problem with that is that uh, because we're not always in the highest state of awareness in the present moment, um, we often make these uh, intentions to participate in these things without understanding the consequences of these experiences. So um, even though you might think that you haven't agreed to it, they always, they are agreements that you made because you, on some level, some fragment of yourself intended to experience something like that. Um, so I'm, I'm very, um, for me, it's important for each human to understand the sovereignty that they have to govern the self. And the only way you're going to understand that and understand when free will kicks in, because otherwise we're in a very interconnected multiverse system that unless you completely become aware in your present and in these other dimensional planes, you are not even going to understand how, how involved you are in some of these experiences. And it isn't until you wake up that you begin to understand the level of entanglement that we've been participating in these unconscious uh, realms. So, you know, agreements is a, is a tricky thing. And, and yes, you're, you're right. In a sense, you know, if you look back in history, I mean, you look at the Book of Enoch, uh, you know, the Emerald Tablets, uh, the story of Gilgamesh, you begin to see, you know, these higher dimensional beings come down, they breed, and then they do this. And, you know, I, I, we, we have to understand that we need to move away from victim parasite mentality into a place of sovereignty. That's where we're at right now. And we need to pull forward all of our fragments individually and collectively. It's happening naturally, but the sooner you get on board, the easier your life and this human experience and will be, your evolution as a soul also. I, I could not help but think you know, when you're talking about it's all part of the whole, you know, kind of like yin and yang, that, it, you know, it's, it really is like, we're just all cogs in a machine, you know, all of us, the, the cosmic dust that blew apart and trying to get back together. So, yeah. Yeah. um, I, I guess I had, um, one more thought about the program and this is something else i wanted to broach because you know this is there's not very often you get to talk to someone who understands anything about this but um the other thought that i had was a, a lot of experiencers have this sense that understanding that we have coexisted with other entities is going to be more uh prevalent um, and it's very clear at some point in the near future. Um, so, you know, some people call it disclosure. Um, but a lot of experiencers sense it's going to happen soon um, in, a, in a way that cannot be disputed. Um, so my thought is that perhaps one of the purposes of this program is for them to create um, basically messengers. Uh, essentially, if a, a, a UAP or UFO were to land and children were to come out, that would perhaps be the only group that we would not freak out about coming out of that craft. <laughs> you would think that, <laughs> but mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, this whole contact thing is very complex. I mean, there are many, we already have technology. A lot of these UAPs are terrestrial. There are, they are military. Military already has that technology. We are not privy. We have been retarded in our ability to um, see the kind of advanced technology that is available to the human race. It's been suppressed by many different systems of our reality that do not benefit from this kind of information coming out and also the evolution of mankind, the awakening of mankind, which is why we just went to two years of a major awakening, but at the same time also suppression of certain areas, a paralyzation of people's ability to unite. You know, it's all been about separation and it's going to be about separation because we're reaching inevitably the point in ascension collectively as a collective frequency in which unity is the next step. And this is where we begin to have power. The 99% starts to take kind of power of this system. Um, and, you know, inevitably, because the collective is waking up in a way that no system can control, this is happening in the non-physical realm, um, you know, this is why all of these films have been produce. This is why we have all these TV shows now about it. We're definitely headed in the direction of disclosure. Um, but I certainly am not the kind of person that will wait for any government system to tell me about it. And it's not going to, I'm not going to care if they come out and they have some event because what's actually happening right now is that humans are having interdimensional contact. That's no question. There's people all around the world that are experiencing things. And people like you, for example, that talk about this and make this public allow us to begin to integrate in a deeper way the true disclosure that is occurring in, in this realm. So um, there's going to be a lot of manipulations in regards to technology. And they the government has been leaking information in order to allow for that to come in. But remember that the government will never really do anything unless it's for further control. So they're going to manipulate the agenda That's in a way. Yeah, they're going to manipulate the agenda in a way where it's like, you know, okay, there's UAPs. So that means we have to create this uh army uh, military sector they've already done that you know and so what does that mean that means that they're going to impose fear into humanity about interdimensional contact that's already been happening since the 50s so we need to break away from the dependency that we have in media and start to form our own very educated understanding of what interdimensionality is. It is the power of the human, actually. This is, this is how we break away from systems of control and the suppression and the hypnosis. Um, and it's really a part of evolution and waking up. So when so you we- you don't think the kids are coming out of the craft, <laughs> that's what you're saying. So well <laughs> I still think it's happening. They've already been happening. The kids have already been coming. You know, I think a lot of people have had their presentations. They're having, um, you know, the hybridization program is still existing in many dimensional planes. Um, you know, we're still experiencing that. And so it's up to us to talk about it. That's, that's the thing. Mm -hmm. We got we to gotta be open about our contact. And every person has a unique puzzle piece to this interdimensional realm. We're learning about technologies. We're learning about how these crafts function. People are being trained on board these crafts. I mean, we have yeah. entire planets that are being utilized for military things that have been existing, these programs for a long time. So 
um, yeah, to me, um, you know, they probably are going to stage something at some point. I don't know, but yeah. this is this is why we need to be strong and united. We have to be united. We can't be separate. It's um, funny, you, you know, when you were talking about that, about how we're moving away from this divisive, divisive mentality. I, I would, I would like to say all countries are doing that too, but. I will say, at least for me, when I heard about Russia invading Ukraine, my first thought was, that's awfully old fashioned. Do we do that still? Exactly. And, like, yeah. Do we, do we still do that? Like, so, you know, obviously other countries maybe um, are not there yet. You know, of course, we still have very aggressive humans in general because we aren't that far from primates uh, or apes or, you know, can be extremely aggressive. Um, but, yeah, that was my well, response. Yeah, like well, I, it, it's so old-fashioned. Stop invading each other's countries. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and we have to, uh, you know, and and uh, you know, the suffering of people. We have to be more empathic about that. But not just like, oh, that's so sad that's happening. Okay, what do we need to do in our everyday lives to begin to affect these systems that are in control? Right. We really need to make serious moves, like financially, you know, in, in the food systems, we need to understand that we're in, those are just distractions that are stepping stones for other systems of world order that are being implemented as a collective. Right. And that's just a stepping stone. Whatever that war results in will define how the entire human race is moving forward in that control. So we have to keep our eyes very open right. and begin to prepare in our way so that we can be self-sufficient, uh, you know. Yeah, I've, I've heard some people make this statement that everyone has made a decision, um, obviously not a conscious, like in the in strictest sense decision already when we get to this point where uh, we're all going to get to a higher to, like level of vibration on this planet. Like I've heard a few people make this comment uh, and I, I don't know where that's coming from that I did look into like the um, geomagnetic aspect of the planet, which shifts. And I was thinking maybe that has something to do with this. But, you know, a lot of people are making, like I said, this comment that everyone's already made a decision. They don't know it, but they've made a decision about what they're going to do. Either they stay here or they move on. Yeah. You will. I mean, I, I listen and I, I study a lot of these incredibly inc wonderful conversations that are had at the World Science Fair, for example, that they're having conversations about the quantum, you know, field and the future of our universe and the movements of our universe. I mean, we already have the science that shows us that we live in a, in a universe that is expanding, that is moving at a faster rate. Um, and so, you know, when you understand these different systems, I mean, we are evolving, we are reaching that higher frequency as a collective, it's just, it's mm. designed within our existence. Um, what that means in the physical, psychological, emotional, you know, system, systematic expression means a lot of things, but it's also trickling down fractal designs of that sim that same expansion is coming to earth in the subconscious mind in our genetic code, and as a collective race. So we're seeing this kind of unity and expansion because of the way that the vibrational frequency is of the collective right now, because it's at such a higher rate, the veil is thin, we can we are having more interdimensional abilities to interact. Mm -hmm. And because of that heightened realm, 
um, you know, if you if you have contact in the interdimensional, your entire system is activated. You you're merging with that timeline. You're mm -hmm. merging with those timelines. So um, I think that the majority of the souls that came to exist at this time, they know exactly why they're here um, in, in a way that, you know, we're here to end old systems and we, we exist in order to move into a higher octave of this dimensional existence. Not I'm as a psychic, as a medical psychic. I mean, I'm seeing our chakra system becoming more activated than ever. I mean, we have access to up to 22 chakras in our body at this time. Something that I haven't seen in the mm -hmm. past 10 years. You know, mm -hmm. so obviously there's something that is occurring collectively that allows us to have access to higher information. Mm -hmm. Right. You know. So yeah. And if you look at uh, Gary Nolan's work, he's also kind of got the idea now and science is starting to catch up to all this right that 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 one part of the brain is actually um different for people who are more exactly. intuitive and and yes. then all, yeah and then also in addition to that people are starting to look at what they call the biofield which is what you know other people understand is like chi and chakras and auras they're yeah. starting to see the science behind it now exactly. so exactly yeah, morphogenetic field and, and all these things that are helping us understand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I do agree. I think there's also the possibility that we have physically just evolved for out of necessity, perhaps, um, because I think, you know, a subject not a lot of people want to talk about is some of these entities that are messing with us are not the nicest, right? So why do uh, uh, beings evolve? Because of greater risk to themselves, um, the need to survive, right? So I think that there's a potential that we're becoming more aware of all this because there's a little bit of danger that we need to be cautious about. Well, yeah, I mean, in, in a three-dimensional plane, uh, the laws of, of the creation in this dimensional plane are duality. So we're always going to experience contrast as the design of this earth experience that we have in this little limited life. Um, but remember that this is just one fractal. Other aspects of ourselves are experiencing something beyond duality, which we can't comprehend. But in our existence, duality is very much a thing. And in order to learn how to navigate that, we have to understand what exchange means. When we hate ourselves, when we reject ourselves, we become parasitic because we believe that something external to us has our life force, has our power, has the ability to give us life. So this kind of thinking is what we're experiencing in these darker aspects of our humanity. And because we're one, I mean, this is just a reflection of the internal separation that we have within us. When we begin to unite the separation within us, we begin to see the world in a different way as well. Not only do we see the world, but we help co-create the collective hologram in a different way you know so we have to understand the amount of responsibility that every human has in creating new timelines in choosing new collective timelines we're choosing that our belief systems choose that if we believe that we're victims and there's par parasites still existing doing these things we're reinforcing and we're putting life force into the continual ex existence of this but there is a time that exists, and, and I'm hoping that collectively we reach that point where everyone begins to shift that consciousness. You know, it changes. It changes when you start observing it. So 
we need to change what we're observing in order to change what we're collectively experiencing. And that's the thing that people need to really understand how, how this whole thing works, you know, this hologram. I just wanted to comment on the concept of um, how humanity uh, can't imagine things beyond itself a little bit for a second. Um, and and you use the word duality. A lot of people think in terms of like good and bad and male and female. I remember someone uh, handed me a book called uh, Stranger in a Strange Land. And I didn't get very far because unfortunately I got caught up with things. I was in college at the time. Um, but in their very beginning, they introduce a character that has a gender that is neither male nor female. Now, of course, because I am human, my brain goes, well, they are either asexual or a hermaphrodite or transgender <laughs> yeah. because that's human terms. <laughs> yeah. But no, they're none of those. They are a gender that is not male or female. It was an alien, yeah. right, in, in the book. So I guess that that's a yeah maybe there was more to it I didn't get that far in the book but the, the that was just a good example for me of how we just limit our thinking yes. and there's so much that we just don't really get. That's so. totally totally true and I think this is the part that's uh, you know it, I think one of the parts of the learning experience of the human existence is to be able to become friends with the unknown in that every time we reach a level that we're entering something unknown, whether it's an experience that triggers emotions or whether it's a you know collective experience or interdimensional realm, that we begin to learn how to master our emotions, to become neutral observers of all of these unknown experiences. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the most compassionate ways. I mean, if you, if you look at how nature naturally evolves itself, it doesn't judge its experience, it doesn't judge life or death, it just knows that it's natural cycles that have to occur. And so we, the more we learn to live that way, I think the easier this movement into these uh, more expansive states of awareness are going to be. Because I remember when I first had my, my first hypnotherapies, I went through major existential crisis because mm. my brain couldn't even conceptualize the things that I was seeing in these outer realms, mm. you know. And I, would, I was thinking to a point like, I'm going to be I'm going to be an alien like no one will be able to talk to me because who is going to be able to have conversations on this level and why do we even need this information when we're at the level that we're at in the world today you know so so we have to be careful and and compassionate with ourselves during these learning curves mm -hmm. and um in a way that we keep moving and don't get traumatized through unknowns you know that that's something that's really important I think at this time Wait, and that will be something that I said and before. We'll be working on behind the scenes. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm, yeah. I am. I. I didn't tell you. I forgot to tell you. I'm a. I'm a counselor, so I'm very interested awesome. in uh, psychology. Yeah. Thank so, you. Yeah. So I have um, just a couple more things I want to ask. One yeah. is um, a question that I said that uh, I think I don't remember if I said it before we started recording or not. It kind of came from my conversations with James Iandoli, who does CE5. Um, so CE5, for um, those who are not aware, is when someone um, essentially tries to call entities to them. Um, or craft to them to be seen. So I guess my question was, 
do you think that's a good idea? Do you think that they're calling entities or the actual consciousness of the craft? Like, what do you, what are your thoughts on that? That's a really good question. <laughs> you know, I think that, um, is it a good idea? Well, um, I, I don't think it's a good or bad idea. And the reason why is that when people group together to have these collective experiences, they're not making it up. They're not manufacturing something. They are collectively raising the frequency in order to see something that already exists. Um, and I think that that's, that's, that's always good from the perspective that each human understands the internal work that has to go into that process. Again, it's like becoming okay with the unknown because you're beginning to look at something. But if you go into that experience, you raise your frequency, you have this experience, and then you get traumatized, and then you block yourself or you get afraid, you're you're gonna that's counter-creative. You're blocking yourself into moving forward. And this happens a lot. I have, you know, I, I've done CE5s, I've participated in many CE5s, and I think that I think education is necessary. We need to understand why we're doing it when we're going into it. It's not It's not really so much as fun in games, I think. I think people kind of need to take it a little bit seriously in that you need to understand what you're signing up for. Um, it's like going into a haunted house, for example, and seeing you know the phenomena, you're beginning to look at these things. We, I think the, the value of these experiences is that we learn how to navigate these, these experiences in a way that's conducive rather, rather than destructive to, towards ourselves. Now, when we talk about the, yeah, the ethics of, of contact, um, all, what people begin to see is they're looking at something that is not only genetically, but energetically connected to all people that are in that group. So no, people that are not in alignment with that, they're not going to see it. They're just not going right. to see it, even if they're standing in the same circle. So you have this is this phenomena is it's a collective rising of frequency and aligning into another dimensional plane. Um, and so if you're in fear, you know, and, and you see something, you might make contractual agreements with aspects of yourself. Later on, you go to sleep and then you have a traumatizing contact experience. This happens, you know. And sometimes you have an incredible contact experience that night. But you need to understand it's all about your emotions and your perceptions. So it's just another way of learning our human experience, I think. it's There's right. no right or wrong. Right. So, I mean, I guess I do worry a little bit about what we're going to bring to ourselves if we don't know what we're doing. I do sense sometimes that there's definitely a little bit of manipulation like like going on with us obviously just clearly you know with the images that we're seeing and things like that so there's there's a i think a level of caution that i have at times but uh totally. something else that i sense um which is a little unusual i know that um when people talk about grays um, they talk about a lot of them are biological robots, but some of them aren't. Um, out of all the entities uh, that people discuss, some of whom I just outright dismiss, um, like when he said purple mantid, I'm like, that's not what they look like. It, it just fucks me. <laughs> it, like, that's why, like, I, I'm like, I just know that that's wrong. There's something wrong with that description. That's not what they like. I tried to paint this and mm -hmm. I'm like, this one doesn't feel genuine. Something's wrong mm -hmm. with this. Mm -hmm. um, 
and I, but all the others were fine. But anywho, out of all of the entities, like it's the gray that I feel like I, I'm connected to for some reason. Like I don't have an aversion or a fear like a lot of people do. I feel like that's, I have that strange, that's family feeling. So I don't mm -hmm. know, if yeah. you know, know anything about what that would mean. Totally. Well, that basically means that you have a lot of that genetic uh, blood, I will say lineage in, in your genetic makeup. Okay. So, um, well, you're, you're many things you, you have, you I mean, your blood, your bloodline is very, it's very old, very, there's a lot of sacred bloodline in your bloodline. But, um, you know, what that means is that you have had access to this information. But again, like, I want to be very clear when we talk about grays, I mean, there's so many different kinds of grays, different frequencies, different agendas. So what I do know is that there are some that are more artificial intelligence that they literally work like robots, they just carry things out. And then there are more higher intelligence grays that are taller, and more, you know, more interactive and more high, um, highly evolved beings. So I think um, because you have this in your genetic code, you probably have a lot of uh, access to information about them historically, what they what they do, what they can do, and you can tune into them. But the most important thing is to figure out, you know, who are you more in alignment? What what level of frequency are you connecting to them? And remember that we're not just connected to one. Like we we are a cocktail of DNA, in that we have a lot of these different. Um, archetypal species within us, you know, so our, our job is to utilize this information to activate those aspects of ourselves. Each one of these lineages has gifts in a, for us, you know, they have both of both sides, they have dark side and they have high, you know, gifts for you. So understand what the role is for your connection to them at this time and work on that you know dissolve what you need to dissolve activate what you need to activate and then keep going never get stuck on one thing i have some clients that they get they get they see pleiadians and that's it they're just pleiadians there's nothing else they don't want to touch anything else um and i think that's a limitation we create these constructs and then we can't go beyond that i think it's in, it's like not only are we designed to be able to move and see everything, but it's essential that we do for our ascension to keep moving and tuning into other, other of our lineages. We need to explore our genetic makeup because within that is our health, it's our abilities, it's the evolution of the race, and also it, it talks about children that we're bringing into this bloodline. If you're aware of the activation of your genetic code and you're having children, then that's a seed that you've agreed to bring into the earth and they're going to carry out all kinds of things. So we need to start understanding there's a lot of responsibility um, about bringing life into, into mm -hmm. this earth. Yeah, you know, that leads me to a question I have to ask. I was only going to do like one more, but now I have to ask this one because it came to mind. Have you ever heard of an instance where a person got the sense that all of their eggs were removed? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was just wondering because, yeah. And perhaps at a young age, like, you know, 30, just abruptly. Mm -hmm. Could, could that person no longer have children anymore? Yes, very quite abruptly. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I have, I have heard this. Um, I've heard this a couple times, actually. Yeah, that the, that the eggs are removed, or after several miscarriages, they just remove the entire equipment. And there are both karmic agreements for that in simultaneous lifetimes that resulted in that as as an end. And a lot of times, it's because this bloodline has to come to an end. It's very interesting. It means it's sometimes these bloodlines are bloodlines that have a lot of trauma. I mean, a lot of history of trauma. And it's like, we need to end that bloodline. And that was the agreement. I do wonder if it is also possibly something to do with uh, you're not making the right choice for your genetic partner. And that's not, or that partner is kind of not going to help us with this program. So we're just going to take the eggs and deal with this somewhere else. Like, <laughs> um, that's a that's a great question. Um, but no, no, I I wouldn't. The only reason why I would say I'm not sure if that would be the case is because you you're designed with those eggs to carry out the agendas before you're even born, before you even exist. You've made mm-hmm. all the agreements that you're going to experience in this lifetime. You can mm-hmm. change how those agreements happen, but when you become conscious of them, but until you become conscious of them, you just play them out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say though, that the partner also does play a role and has an agreement in what's happening as well. Pr- you know, sometimes when we unite ourselves with a potential timeline that lowers our frequency as well, it blocks that. And so both those those bloodlines have to end. They can't reproduce. Or like you guys are essentially you're cut off. You know, you're not going to continue reproducing these bloodlines because of the choices you've made. Um, but once they remove the the eggs, it's just ending your bloodline. They're mm-hmm. not. They're usually not going to remove that. Usually, when they take the eggs, there will be con for, um, you know, because they do, they do do that. They do this, uh, um, I forget what it's called, but you know, they, they, they do it in a Petri dish. They literally create the, the, yeah, it's like, it's like in utero, but they also use artificial uh, gestation tanks, Mm -hmm. you know, to gestate the children as well. So they're genetically modified, um, you know, the eggs, but there will always be later presentation or later contact with that person, if that's Mm -hmm. the case. If, you know, if it just ends right there, you know, the bloodline's ending. Okay. I was yeah. wondering. Okay. And then um, the other question I had was, um, do you, since you're very interested in DNA and ancestry and how that plays a role, um, have you uh, looked into any patterns with the genetic test, um, like DNA test? Because I found that when I did mine, that I uh, was considerably more Neanderthal than most people. Like, yes, yes, I know. And that I had um, uh, African lineage, uh, which, you know, normally for everyone has ancestry that's African, but normally I don't think that would show up for everyone. But mine showed up kind of considerably, like over 1%, which is, you know, still low. But if it was all the way back to my ancient ancestors, I don't think it would have been that high. So I don't know. I thought that was interesting. Those two markers um kind of stood out to me and i was like that's not what i expected so well i would say that's you know pretty pretty clear in that you you have this christ 
bloodline, you know, that you you were in those times, in those spaces at that time. So I would say it's it's perfectly in alignment to what you've shown so far. <laughs> yeah, that's wonder, amazing. That's interesting. I do think I wonder about the Neanderthal though. I really do. Like I wonder how many experiencers are more neanderthal because <laughs> but no it's there's no shame in it right we have Nian we're all we, well, unless you're mostly donovan or one of the well, other you know well, hominid the question, species the question i have is what exactly do they define as neanderthal and what makes up that genetic marker i guess because we know that we're not evolving from apes um you know there's a huge jump in the genetic code so what are they comparing to what defines neanderthal because there there were you know different species of that and then what makes up that genetic code you know so there's so many questions there that you know i think um the fact that you have that again you're a very old soul Mm -hmm. I mean, just right there should tell you, you know, mm -hmm. and I would, I would connect that more to an Anunnaki lineage, mm -hmm. uh, you know, an Anunnaki lineage, which is, you know, one of the earliest races here. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's very interesting. Yeah, I think it was like 75% higher than most wow. people. Yeah, was, that's super interesting. I, I mean, and then out. you question if you're a young soul, I mean, for <laughs> sure, you know. Well, yeah, and my, um, my sibling, who is uh, technically a, a half-sister, she did hers, and hers was lower. So, of course, I got made fun of for being more <laughs> Neanderthal than her. That was a thing. She's That's like, well, funny. you're much more Neanderthal than I am. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's awesome. So, it's just, I would think it'd be really interesting if people studied that. And I thought it would be really interesting if more people also looked at the biological part that gary nolan was talking about i can't say it like i i've seen it i've read it i just caught a num or whatever i can't say it so i i'm not gonna try but i would say it'd be great if we could really understand these things uh, get the science on board i think there's science behind all of this i think yeah. science is developing the language to explain it um, I will say that I recently heard that even concepts in science like space time are being reworked like they don't yeah. they don't quite work the way they thought they were going to work and they have to Correct. figure it out. So it'd be great if we just all got on the same page. Yeah, but yeah, I think we're getting there. I think we're getting there. We just have to keep our eyes open and pay attention because mm -hmm. while we're getting distracted with world events, um, you know, we're, we're kind of being pulled away from the real things that are happening in the back end. And a lot right. of these things that are published, you know, in scientific journals, you know, they're not put into mainstream anything. So it's something that we have to do our own research and kind of educate ourselves. Right. So, and I, th and I think that's another thing that's happening now too. We're just making sure yeah. we can, you know, and we're giving exactly. ourselves license yeah. to, I, I, I don't know if you heard me say it earlier when we talked about, um, we're becoming more aware and more psychic and more intuitive again. Yeah. Uh, I said again, because we used to be that way. Exactly. Yeah, I agree completely. And we've right. been cycling through these evolutionary cycles where civilizations reach the highest point of technology and the evolution of mankind. And then we've dropped. And I think we're headed in that direction again. So right. I agree completely. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice if we don't go backwards this time? Maybe, <laughs> you know, just this one time we just kept going forward and ended up being part of the partnership with the universe that we're supposed to be in but i'm pretty sure our friends want us to be in 
<laughs> yeah, so. well, it's up to us. It's the work that we're doing. It's the internal work. It's the deprogramming of matrix programming and the activation of our source and the embodiment of source that will take us in that direction. And I think right. that that's why we have to, you know, do the work to take us there and, and leave the matrix cyclical patterns um, so that we can transcend, you know, in a right. way. Yeah. Well, we'll get there one step at a time. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all in the present moment. Yeah. Right. Okay, so thank you so much for yeah, coming and talking to you. me. I definitely went a little over because there were so many other things. Um, I know that um, a friend of mine uh, had a question, but I feel like you answered that question when we were talking about the children and purpose and all that stuff earlier. So I'm going to let that one go. Can you please let people know where they can find you? Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for having me again. It's been really, really fun talking to you. And um, yeah, thanks for having this platform, which is really, really important. Um, if you guys want to work with me, I'm a clinical hypnotherapist and you can get a, a, I call it holographic hypnotherapy to connect with your higher self. Mm -hmm. um, and you can visit me at GeraldineRosco.com. I also created a modality called DNA Reprogramming. Um, and it's a pretty heavy session. We reintegrate fragments of ourself and we deprogram all kinds mm -hmm. of matrix programming in order to be able to move the soul through its human experience. And it's affecting the physical, mental, emotional aspects of the body. And if you're an experiencer, you can join my support group at hybridmother.com. I have mm -hmm. lots of amazing free content on my YouTube at Geraldine Orozco. And yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much again for having well, me. Well, thank you. I also put, I will put your link tree in the description okay, um, and the YouTube page. Um, so everyone can find you. And I did find out today that you're on Twitter. I'm like, I could have just <laughs> messaged you there because I was messaging you on Facebook. But <laughs> Oh, that's great. Thank you. Yeah. I'm not too active on Twitter, but definitely. Yeah. You guys can follow me there too as well. So right, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. And this is Deb from Deb Data Dojo, part of the Calling All Beings Podcast Network. Thank you everyone for listening. If you want to find me, I'm at Study of UAPs on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and I'm with the Calling All Beings Podcast on YouTube. Take care, everybody. <laughs>